if you're being honest about people who truly do value relationships, a person who's a friend, or not, and I'm not talking about a friend on Facebook. I'm talking about friends who are literal friends. You know, the friend, the thing on Facebook, you know, they call them friends, but, you know, they're, pe- pardon me, they're acquaintances. Thank you very much. I mean, they're, right. I mean, there are people who are, you are friends with on Facebook, for example, if you're on Facebook, you may have um, known them from high school or junior high school or whatever it is, and, and you just happen to run into them again, but you don't have any relationship with them. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. You, you learn this over, you learn this through life, don't you? You learn this through life experiences. People who say that they're friends, but when times get difficult, you know who the people are who you can call on, the people who you can't call on because they won't come through. Pardon me? Me. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but you, you find out who these people are. And ultimately what it comes down to now, we're going we're gonna to circle back and come back into the lesson here, but I want you to understand this thing about who friends really are when you're discipling people. If you're discipling someone... You don't leave them hanging out to dry. Amen? You may not be a close friend, but discipleship means that you are acting like a friend when you're talking to them. You're not being judgmental. You're not doing anything to criticize them. They may have done everything to get themselves in the situation that they're in. But ultimately, God is the one who has to counsel through you to this other person. But you have to be the vessel. And so understand that, that this is what this is all about here. This conversation we're having about knowing God's presence, you're going to have to be the one that communicates that information to someone who really needs it. And you don't know when that's going to happen. You don't know when God's going to call you to be this person. But I trust that through this exercise, through other exercises, through your own personal reading and study, you're going to know exactly when God is calling you because you're sensitive to the Spirit. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this whole process. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to sit quietly and listen to you speak to us. We thank you for your loving presence. We thank you for your grace and your loving kindness. Lord, we thank you also for those many victories where we've overcome and dealt with issues like sin and resisted it. And we thank you, Lord, how you teach us and continue to teach us about these very things. Help us to be sensitive to your presence at all times, not just this morning, not just when we're studying, but at all times when we're moving about. We thank you for how you help us minister to others who maybe don't even know you just by using kind words and saying kind things to people and affirming them and encouraging them. Thank you for those reminders, those daily reminders like that. We pray that you bless this group, bless this lesson. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Be sensitive to the Spirit. Be sensitive to the Spirit at all times. You never know how the Spirit's going to use you. You never know how the Spirit's going to ask you to speak on God's behalf about someone or something. Always be prepared. Always be prayerful for those opportunities. They will come. They are there because God is using you to convey his message to other people at times when it's most important. Back in the lesson, we were on page two, and we left off in the area about Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, um, of course, is a prophet. Jeremiah was the one, it's literally down at the the middle of the uh, handout if you're wondering where we are. And we're picking up with the conversation about Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was given information about his role of being a prophet by God. Just by telling him flat out, this is who you're going to be. This is what's going to happen. And it says, in, go to Jeremiah 1.5 just to regroup and get back to where we were in the lesson. Jeremiah 1.5. If you're not there, we're going to go there and we're going to explore this together. Jeremiah 1.5. And this passage, pardon me? Do I have another handout? Yes, I do. Big Jim has one. He'll get one for you. Jeremiah 1.5. Verse 4 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Let's keep reading there real quick. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to all to to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down and to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. Okay, we'll stop there. Just to make the point that Jeremiah knew that he was called to be a prophet, a person to speak on behalf of God, At a very young age. Now, what a blessing that that it is that we have a situation where you know when God is calling you to do something. Amen? It's a blessing. So we understand these things. Now, we also need to understand this. God has been calling you and speaking to you in a similar way. To be that very person to speak to others. First of all, he appointed you as a believer in him by speaking to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm just checking to see if you're all up with me. I got coffee. I'm drinking coffee too. But we're going to get back into it now, so stay with me. Amen? So, you have a calling. You have a responsibility To speak God's word. It's not acceptable for you as a believer 
to hide out or camp out and not do this very thing. Because you're not called to do that. You're called to speak to other people about Jesus Christ. Now, how you speak to other people about Jesus Christ is not the issue. The issue is you're going to do it because you've been called to do it. And notice how Jeremiah is being dealt with here. I'm putting the words in your mouth. I'm giving you what you need to say. You don't need to do anything except show up. That's what you have to do. Just show up. Just be present. You don't need to worry about details about how I'm going to say something to someone because you don't know all the scenarios that God's going to put before you. But he does. He's going to give you the words you need to say. You don't need to fumble and bumble and stumble. The only thing that God did here with Jeremiah, Jeremiah already knew who the Lord was because he was able to hear him speak to him and Jeremiah was able to respond knowing clearly it was God who was speaking. So it's not even about what voice was that that I heard. He knew exactly who it was who was speaking to him. Here's a question for you. Do you know when God is speaking to you? Do you know when God is speaking to you? Do you know, and you know, we don't need to get into, is it an audible voice? It doesn't really matter. It could be a whisper, it could be this, but do you know when God is speaking to you? The challenge for you today, and frankly for the rest of your life, is to know with a certainty when God is speaking to you. How do you do that? How do you find out with a certainty when God is speaking to you? Tell me what you need to do on your part to make sure that this is taking place. Now, you're already believers. You're already believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you already have a relationship with Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do you know when God is speaking to you? And what do you need to do to ensure that this continues? Well, if you have a relationship with Jesus and you have him in your heart, look for it. Stand still. Okay. You do what you need to do to make sure that you're listening. That's true. You have to be in the Word. Everybody making note of this? You have to be in the Word to make sure that you know that He is speaking to you because He speaks to you through His Word. And the Bible is an amazing thing. The Bible has lasted for thousands of years. Listen, in, in, in relative terms. Yes. You have to anticipate. Did everybody hear that? Yeah, to anticipate that he is going to speak. Jeremiah obviously anticipated it. He was ready for it. I'm giving you this as an example, as a stark example of how you need to be very, very certain that he's speaking to you. Because if you know he's speaking to you, you can act based upon the words he's using to speak to you about. What else? Okay. He sends confirmation. 
Okay. Okay. I didn't see it this morning, so I... Courage. Okay. That's a good answer. Now, the confirmation thing, we have to understand that God deals with each of us individually. He deals with us differently. So confirmation for you may be a very real positive thing, a real thing. There's one other thing we need to make sure we're catching here before we forget. What else do we need to do to make sure that God is speaking to us? What did you say? Confess our sin. Everybody hear that? Confess our sin. Confess our sin. Recognize that we sin. Recognize that we need to confess it and ask for forgiveness. And make sure that you're not doing anything to impede God speaking to you with a quote-unquote sinful lifestyle. Sin has to be dealt with in your life. You can't let it linger. You can't let it fester. You can't do things to say, well, I know I blew a hill over here today, but you know, tomorrow's another day. No, you've got to deal with that sin. Sin has to be dealt with. And praise Him when He helps you. Remember those sins that you would do, and you would do them, and now, because you're wiser and smarter, because God is giving the power of the Spirit to help you to resist those sins you used to do before, that's a matter of praise to Him. And you acknowledge it, and you recognize it. Yes. Sometimes Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So we deal with all of that, right? We take care of it. Were you going to say something, Faith? Or you just? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's use some common sense here. When you're rushing about and hustling and bustling, you know, unless God is yelling at you, Hey! Are you really listening? Because you just don't have, it, you're busy doing other things. There are certain things you're just not, you know, you're not into it. So there are some things that you need to do to recognize how he speaks to you. Sometimes you have to slow down. And understand that prayer requires slowing down. Prayer requires thought. Prayer and meditation require slowing down and allowing him to speak in that scenario. Now, you can pray in the car. You know, you're not praying with your eyes closed in the car while you're driving. But you can pray in the car. But understand something. You've got to have stuff blocked out even in the midst of that prayer because you've got to be focusing on traffic. But it's not the same as sitting quietly somewhere and... You have a Bible in front of you. You're doing your reading. You're doing your study. Prayer and meditation should be a part of your regular study. Prayer and meditation is a part of your regular study process to allow God to speak to you. Remember, you're creating the vessel to allow him to speak. He's already present. He's already indwelling. But now you're slowing down. You're calming yourself. 
You're calming your spirit and allowing him to speak. And doing, and well, doing nothing, but doing it in such a sense that you want God to speak to you. Someone else had their hand up over here. I want to go ahead. Be still. Be still. And know that I'm God. That's right. Yeah. Yep. These are all basic tenets that we all have to recognize in our belief, in our faith. Yes. Okay. It changes us so there's room to grow and not keeping us That is absolutely did everybody pick up on what she's saying? This is a progression. There's progression. Grief requires progression, dealing with grief, dealing with issues like that. And there are people in our lives that we've been praying for to get past the loss of her husband, loss of a father, and they're progressing, but not as well as they probably could because they don't know the Lord or they're not using that as a way of getting through it. So please understand, going back to what we were saying, this was a great kickoff to today's lesson. You are very important in the life of other people as disciples if you are just calling to the attention the importance of just relying upon God and slowing down and letting Him speak. Many times people who are struggling are not allowing God to speak in their lives. Because there's too much junk in the way. That's what it is. There's too much junk in the way. You've got to get the junk out of the way. The junk is what stops up. You know, what's, what do you have to do when you get a, a stopped up sink? You've either got to plunge it or put liquid plumber in it or do something because that drain is not going to work unless you get that crap out of there. And sometimes our lives require a plunger or some liquid plumber to get some stuff out of the way so that God speaks to us. And everybody, and it's, everybody is different for everybody else, but, or a plumber itself. Yes, an actual plumber. Correct. But you understand what I'm saying. This is what we need to always keep in mind when we're talking to other people. They've got a lot of stuff in the way that's a preventing them from recognizing God's goodness, his grace, his mercy. Okay, let's continue in the lesson. So we're back at it now and recognizing that Jeremiah recognized that God's presence. And go to Galatians 1, verses 15 and 16. Thank you for allowing me to do that little kickoff, because I'm getting back in the flow too. It's been a couple weeks, so appreciate you allowing me to do that. Galatians 1, verses 15 and 16. Paul knew that he had a calling as well. Paul is sharing this in this passage. It says in verse 15 of Galatians 1, But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, 
was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Look at the road he took. He had to ponder all this stuff. But he is clearly saying he's been called. And just as a reminder, we're all called. If you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're called. You have a calling. Most of us can remember when we came to know the Lord. Amen? We remember the experience. We may not have all the details, but we've got pretty close to the date, the time when it happened because it was an important event in your life. And recognize that once you acknowledge Jesus Christ as personal Savior in your life, you now accepted another challenge. And that's to be a believer. And whatever that means, because at that time you didn't know what that meant. But as time has gone on, you understand what that means, to be a believer. And being a believer made the most important thing that you recognize right away. Being a believer means you needed to change. You needed to change from how you were before to how you are today. There was a change that took place. Paul even recognized it as well, too. He recognized that Galatians 1, 15 and 16 tells us that God sent the Apostle Paul apart from his mother's womb so that he could preach Christ among the Gentiles. God knew Paul would preach to the Gentiles. Why is that important? Because not everybody was going to preach to the Gentiles. They thought they were going to specifically preach only to the Jews, and that's it. He had a special calling. Preaching to the Gentiles. Remember, the Gentiles were usually scorned and not felt very highly about. But God had to show him, by even sending him to different lands and different places, that he's going to be preaching to the Gentiles. Think about it. What did God know about you before you were born? You ever thought about that? What did God know about you before you were ever born? Everything. Oh, they just blurted out everything. They know all about you. Know, knows everything about you. Knew everything about what you would do, what you would say, how you would react, how you respond whether you respond well, whether you wouldn't respond very well at all, he knew all about that. Amen. That's a great answer. Because it's true. Now this is the author writing here, Jennifer Rothschild. God knew I would be blind and be born in Clearwater, Florida, to precious parents. He knew I would fall head over heels in love with Philip Rothschild and then love our sons, Clayton and Connor, more than I thought possible. He knew I would learn of him, love him, and follow him. He also knew I would love dark chocolate and coffee, avoid sensible shoes, and develop a mad crush on my favorite dead author, C.S. Lewis. Just had to throw that in. So what you need to understand here is that he has, when you said everything, that covers every single detail of your life. I could never have imagined after first meeting this young lady in 1977 and being her being my first girlfriend for a year, that we would ever get back together again and get married. 
I never would have come up. I mean, that, that's, not, that's a story you don't even... You know, what are the chances, right? How could that happen? Only God can do stuff like that. So, yeah, I got a story too. I don't want to bore you with my story. But the point is, is that he knows everything. He knows all about the details. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Okay, right. Absolutely. What Faith just said is a lesson for all of us. You sometimes want to get something happening right now. But you need to be still. Sometimes you just have to put the brake on. And understand that when you're putting the brake on, that's the time for you to slow down and let God enrich you and teach you. And then when the time to take the brake off, he'll let you know and you take off and go. You're being prepared on a daily basis. So just because you're not doing something right now does not mean you won't be in the future. That's why I said be ready. You've got to be doing everything on your part correctly. What is that? Reading and studying, praying and meditating, focusing on the word, making sure that you know without a doubt when God is speaking to you. And that frankly takes practice. The circumstances are important, too. Remember I said you can't live in a cave somewhere. You've got to get out and live. You've got to get out and experience life because God is even teaching you through those circumstances. That's a very important point. No one should be hiding. No one should be just camped out in a church. You know, you're doing your little praises here and there, and then you go out and you don't talk to people. You don't associate with people. You're not called for that. Very clear what Matthew 28 says. You're supposed to be out speaking to the people about the world, going out, preaching the gospel. How do you preach the gospel? Sometimes it's words, sometimes it's actions. point is, is that you're communicating with other people. But we also need to understand that if the Spirit is speaking to you and you're sensitive to it, you're going to be doing what the Spirit says. Okay, let's continue. Great communication, everybody, by the way. What did he know about you before you were born? Now, there's a... A grid down there. You can fill that in on your own <laughs> because you don't you don't have a handout. 
Oh, man, here we go. I, thank you. You found Okay, you found it. Well, let's get you a handout to get you up to speed here. There you go. I want you to be a good pupil for the class. That's right. What did he know about you before you were born? Include facts about you that are both blessings and difficulties. Now, I only left four blocks on both sides. You, 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 but you can fill this in on your own. But think about this. Think about this. What are the blessings about you? What are the difficulties about you? Sometimes you need to understand that you need to take the good and the bad and put them together and say, well, God, I, this is who I am. You know who I am already. So I'm not fooling anybody. And there's nothing you're hiding from him. He needs to, you know, you need to be honest about who you are. Why is that important? Why should you be honest about who you are? You want me to answer it for you? Go ahead. I'm sorry. That is the only way you can witness if you know who you are, because you might understand something. God may take one of your difficulties and use it as a teaching method for you so that you can teach other people about similar difficulties. It makes you relatable. Thank you. If you're honest about who you are, just like anybody who's an alcoholic, what does an alcoholic have to do to get better? They've got to acknowledge what? They're an alcoholic. If you don't acknowledge you're an alcoholic, you're not going to get better. You have to recognize that you have a problem. If you don't recognize you have a problem, how is God going to fix it for you? You hinder his ability to do so. You have to acknowledge who you are. That's your responsibility. Be honest with yourself. There's a lot of Christians who are not honest with themselves. I said it. There are a lot of Christians who are not honest with themselves. If you're not honest with yourself, how can God use you to speak to other people and disciple them? If you know a way to do it, let me know. I don't think you can. That'll wake him up? Okay. Yeah, that'll wake him up all right. Turn over to page three. Yeah, I know. It won't come back for any more food either after that either. Now, on a serious note, now look at this. The grid is there, but you need to be honest about who you are and, 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 and what's going on as a person. One of the things we're going to talk about in the study for men, which I'm, I'm encouraging you to come back for tonight, 
is talking about Joseph. Joseph went through all kinds of stuff. He was in a dysfunctional family. And I really mean that. Dysfunctional. A dysfunctional family. One of the worst dysfunctional families you could ever have. But he was reminded over and over again about God's presence. And that's how he got through what he got through. You need to acknowledge the sadness you struggle with, the disappointment you carry, the hard past, the trials you endure. Joseph had all of this. Don't think that Joseph was happy every day. Okay? I know what the scripture, you, don't, you can't see all that. But if you're, if you're thrown, if you're sold to slavery by your brothers, if you're put in prison without any cause, you're going to be unhappy. Okay? You have to deal with that. But the important thing to remember here is that in spite of all those things, God used him and God was with him. And that's you too. That's you too. In spite of what you go through, God still uses you. He still gets you going. You're going to have disappointment. You're going to have trials. You're going to have stuff you have to get through. You're going to have a hard pass. Maybe you were abused as a child. Who knows? A lot of people can say that. But that doesn't mean it's the end. Yes. A key word? I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes. Oh, abused. Okay. Before we came to know Christ, we were always taught in the church not to hang our dirty laundry up. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that, but is that a fair blame? That's the other thing. Is it fair to blame God for all the crap that you go through? Now understand something. When you do this grid on your own, don't let just the half of the page where it says, you know, blessings about me be the thing filled in and difficulties be wide open and empty. Because you're not even being honest. You've got to be honest about it. And you know what? If you want to blame God to help you endure that, guess what? He can take it. He can take it. He knows exactly what you were going to go through before you went through it. He already knows about that. But the thing we have to come back and circle back and look at here is that all of our experiences lead to one thing. Ultimately, we learn about Jesus Christ. We learn about God. We learn about life itself the circumstances that Arella was talking about, this is all part of our formation as a beloved believer in Jesus Christ. We all have baggage. So what you go through is not exactly the same as someone else, but guess what? You know, Brother Beecher's got a couple of suitcases. You might have, you might have a caseload of stuff here that you carry. <laughs> 
but we all have baggage. We all have stuff to go through. Yep. We were more than just the cross with God. Mm-hmm. But we're more than our baggage. That's right. We're not our baggage. That's exactly right. Our baggage is sometimes what we carry, and we carry because sometimes that's what we choose to do. That's right. But when we get the whole tale, we put our baggage back. We unpack it, we stick it in the door, we go home and do what we're going to do. Right. Five minute warning. Five survivors. Everybody in here has a story yep. where the news wasn't good and they survived. And if they don't have one, they know someone who has. That's right. Uh, one more thing and then I'm done. Just to remember, <coughs> we are more than what we sometimes think of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not because of ourselves, but because God says so. Yeah. So if you choose to believe Okay, thank you. A lot of things you go through. I've got kids in my life. I've gone through a lot of things. But the fact is, whatever I went through in my life, once I became a Christian and I realized the baggage, mm-hmm. I didn't stop because mm-hmm. I couldn't carry it. But he's used it mm-hmm. through me to help other people. Absolutely. Because it's like fighting. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Very great, great observation. That's right. Sometimes that baggage. Well, let's look at. Let me, let's go where it says right here. He knows all about you. He knew and he knows he, your best memories, your talent, your secret dreams. He knew and he knows your relationship or the lack thereof, your body size and shape. He knew and he knows. He knows all about you. He knew about that baggage. He knew what you would need to be training you and teaching you throughout your life. And you don't have to like the baggage. It is what it is. You know, Samsonite versus American tourister. What difference does it make? It's still baggage. doesn't really make any difference. Okay. How do you feel as you reflect on what he knows about you? This is really what you need to circle back and think about. How do you feel as you reflect on what he knows about you? First thing I feel, I feel loved. 
you're confident in the fact that you know you have a relationship with him. He loves you. He knew about you before you were conceived. He loved you even then. That is mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling. When you really put it in perspective, he knew about you long before you existed. Even in your mother's womb, he loved you. He knew all about you. Mind-boggling. Now, you may have written down some tough feelings because of what you may have endured in your past, which I'll leave that up to you. It could be hard to admit or embrace God really knew what was happening to you and he still let it happen. I have struggled with that. And this is the author because she's blind. I have struggled with that when it comes to my friend Regina's death. I don't understand why God knows all this and still lets it happen. We can theorize, but our hearts aren't satisfied by theological answers. Did you pick up on that? Sometimes theological answers don't answer questions in your life. It's not the end of the world. If you try to keep plugging in scriptures, that's not necessarily going to be satisfactory for you. And you really shouldn't do that. When you're discipling other people, really put the scriptures behind you. Be a friend to them first. I can't possibly understand how you're feeling right now, but boy, I really do feel for you right now. If you don't know what else to say, say that. Because sometimes you don't, the words are inadequate sometimes. Sometimes just sit there and listen and let them talk. And don't try to pull verses out of your behind trying to counsel somebody. Because that's not what it's all about. I beg, I'm not the pastor, so I, I can say things like that. But, but he, knows exactly what I'm, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad, yeah, well, but I'm, I'm saying that because this is where you need to be sensitive to people. Sensitivity is the key. And you learn this over time. Sometimes it doesn't always go the right way, but you learn from experience. Okay, we have to stop. I know that, but go ahead. Amen. 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 Okay. We covered a lot today, which I was pleased. We didn't cover much on the page, but that's, we covered a lot today because I want to make sure we understand the takeaways today. You have to be a vessel for the Lord Jesus Christ, but you've got some things that you need to do ahead of time. You need to be reading and studying every day, reading, reading scripture, meditating on it, praying, listening, slowing yourself down allowing him to speak to you, and that's how you can be best used for the Lord Jesus Christ. And be sensitive to the Spirit wherever you go. That's going to help you, especially when it comes to relating to people. Be sensitive to the Spirit. The Spirit will give you what you need to be sensitive to everybody around you. You can do it. He is doing all the legwork, frankly. He's doing all the work ahead of time because he knows when you need to be there to speak to somebody. Amen? Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to come together and just once again, Lord, you speak to us 
through the Spirit, and we just thank you for that. We thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for reminders that you loved us before we even loved you. We thank you now, Lord, and we ask that you just bless the upcoming message and the speaker, and we give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time.